Blog Talk Radio. Well, today is Wednesday, December 22nd. It's 6 a.m. on the West Coast here, somewhere between San Francisco and Sacramento. And it's 9 a.m. on the East Coast. And you're listening to the Real People USA for Real Republican show. And for people who have, who have not listened before or haven't listened in a long while, Real People USA uh, started out of uh, just wanting to talk to people about real issues after the election was stolen from Donald Trump on November 3rd, 2020. And uh, that led to me interviewing the guest that we have today. The guest that we have today is Ruben Young. He's a Florida congressional candidate. Let me repeat, let me correct that, a Republican Florida congressional candidate out of sunny South Florida, uh, District 23 or maybe District 24. We, we have to wait until the uh, the lines are redrawn through this redistrict, redistricting process. But uh, did a podcast episode with Ruben Young when he was running for the, the, the county clerk of Miami-Dade. And that podcast episode got almost a thousand views in three weeks, or like eight, seven hundred views in three weeks, and then went over a thousand views over uh, right before election day. Now, unfortunately, Reuben Young did not win his race, or maybe he did. He may have won that race with 278,000 votes there in Miami Dade, but because of uh, this some things we're going to talk about today. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about how there's just so much uh, corruption in this process, and people listening would might want to say, "Well, well, Rick, why are you talking about the the dirty laundry, or why are you talking about how the sausage is made on your show?" And that's because we want voters to have full disclosure about what happens when they vote or when they think they're voting for a certain candidate, uh, there's a lot of things going on here. So I don't want to hold Mr. Ruben Young up. It's three days before Christmas. I know he's trying to get in uh, some some work to get some ballot petitions assigned so he can be official on the ballots with, with probably less than like like something like 850, 800 to go. So Mr. Ruben Young, how are you doing this morning? Morning, Rick. Morning. How are you doing? Hello to your listening audience. It's good to be back on again. I feel like I'm now becoming a family member, a permanent fixture, and I do appreciate the uh, accolades and the kind and warm conversation that we have. So I'm doing fine, but I just want to do a formal introduction. Um, again, my name is Ruben Young. I'm a Republican running for uh, Congress against David Watson Schultz, Florida Congressional District uh, 23. I'm a vet. Uh, a conservative, a merit first candidate, and a born again Republican. So uh, I just thank God that I'm here. I woke up with, excuse me, I woke up with air in my lungs and I just feel fine. Thank you, Rick. Awesome, awesome. And uh, so when Ruben and I met with the, during the podcast, you know, some months had passed, and uh, then a, a person we both know in common uh, called and said he needed some help with some. Uh, external type issues re- re- involving his campaign, so uh, I called and, or I called Ruben, and we just started working ever since then. And that's when I started finding out. Well, I should say I started 
putting the pieces of the puzzle that I had from other people I have spoken with. See, I'm in, like I said, I'm in California. I mean, I'm here in a state where cheating runs amok. And I've seen cheating. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen signs of cheating for the last 20 years. So people say, well, well, Rick, why would you even think that there's there's cheating? I mean, it's just so many things we can talk about here in California. But we're speaking with Ruben. So when I started talking with Ruben, I said, oh, I've seen that before in Sacramento for the election. And Ruben would say something. And I said, oh, I've seen that before. So that one thing led to another. And that's why we just we decided to um, work together and and Real People USA began to. Uh, let the people know what's going on and why Ruben is the most qualified candidate there in sunny South Florida. So, Ruben, um, there's a lot of things going on today. Uh, Let's go, Brandon. is still trying to uh, make things worse for the American people, even though uh, his his team is is telling us that he's trying to make things better. Uh, what is your what are your platform items? And we'll listen and, and, and go through them, you know, within like five minutes, and then we'll take each one and just talk about the platform items because voters need to know. And by the way, Ruben's website is RubenYoungForCongress.net. RubenYoungForCongress.net. And before we talk about those platform items, I want to let the listeners know that Ruben is working his campaign hard, harder than probably most people I know. And Ruben is working for donations. And we've set up something where if you want to call in, uh, not this particular uh, show, but another pot, another platform, if you want to call in and talk to Ruben about, your, about the things you're concerned with, you can donate that way. That way you will know that you have talked to the congressional candidate. The congressional candidate has worked by listening to your concerns. And, and that's one of the ways that Ruben is raising money to do work in his campaign. So, Ruben, if you can, please uh, talk about your platform items. Okay, excuse me, Ray. Okay, so there's a, there's a number of things that we need to deal with, especially within District 23, things that have been lacking. And one of the things I pride myself in, in joining uh, a lot of other voices in the, in the election cycle is that I want to be a, a strong advocate for small businesses and let me tell you why now you know that we had gone through a series of of, of uh, a fake pandemic where the COVID virus so-called COVID virus shut down a lot of our small business owners and we know that small business owners are the gasoline for the for the car they're the engine for the vehicle and when you shut down uh, access to, to people uh, joining and working in their own community, which that's what small business brings to this economy. They bring uh, a wealth of employment to the local person that lives next door to you. So someone has to be the one to take to the floor and to uh, vehemently advocate for the resources that our small business owners need so we can continue uh, moving forward, moving the car forward, moving the engine forward, and moving our economy forward. So that's why I want to be an advocate because I don't hear the Democrat. I don't hear the Democrats at all talking about small business ownership. And that's the thing that I think that uh, we need in my district. Uh, we need to support small businesses. 
And so that just briefly talking about uh, one of the things that my platform wants to do uh, as a congressperson, as a person who know how to represent a represent a district or represent individuals since I have a, a background and uh, I used to work with unions protecting workers' rights, public employees' rights, with one of the largest unions uh, in the country and also sitting at tables of how to learn how to negotiate terms and conditions of uh, of employment and know how to take a look at contracts and identify those uh, those problem areas. And this is what a representative needs to do in protecting the rights of our small businesses. Number two, I want to support parents and children in receiving a quality education. And let me tell you what that means. You know, in the state of Florida, in our state constitution, it says that uh, our children must have a good quality education and quality education doesn't always mean private i mean public education it can mean alternative education alternative education can be uh, a choice i've been giving parents and grandparents and students a choice to uh, go where they think that they're best fitted with whether where they think that they're with as a uh, perfect match for their uh, educational learning their educational habits and how they can improve themselves so they can uh, be a productive member of society with, so they can also help the vehicle move forward, help the, the engine move forward in our economies. Because the better prepared a child is, the better able they're able to support and sustain themselves, the more taxes, the more money that they make in uh, future outcomes, future, uh, you know, uh, future learning. It helps with generating the uh, support that a district or a, a, that a country needs to keep the vehicle moving forward. So I believe in uh, in uh, uh, parents and children receiving the best quality education or, or the best alternative education or the best school choice education that one needs in order to move the vehicle forward. And I'm just using that as a metaphor because this is how I see how this thing works in operation. So that just sharing a bit of my uh, platform because I have a five point platform and, and it's the messages that I want to communicate. Number three, I want to uh, keep community safe, prosperous, full of opportunity for everyone. And let me talk about what that means. What that means is that, you know, as a congressperson, once I'm elected, I would take an oath of office. And that oath of office say that I must protect, support, defend, vehemently defend the Constitution of the United States of America. And defending the Constitution of the United States of America, I must also defend the citizenry uh, that's a part of our nation. That means we're making sure that they are safe, making sure that their borders are protected, making sure that they are, they're, that they are free from the type of criminal elements that exist around the world, and ensuring that they have the full uh, support of law enforcement because of the fact that not, not only law enforcement but also our military uh, we must ensure that the law enforcement as well as our military as, uh, that serve as our defenses have the money and have the tools and have the weaponry and have the gear and have whatever it, they need to make sure that our citizens are protected here locally and abroad because it makes no sense for uh, for this nation to have a, a country that gives access 
open-ended access to the type of criminal elements that exist when you talk about people coming across your border uh, illegally coming into your nation illegally and you don't know what their intentions are and from what i've seen with this recent crisis and those other past crises that we were dealing with under president trump dealing with in the state of texas and they're dealing with our in our southern our southern most southern uh, regions uh we heard all kinds of horrific stories how uh, illegals came into this country with bad intentions and they killed americans uh here on our soil and they was from another country coming across our border and it's my responsibility it's our responsibility to ensure that our communities are safe that our communities are moving forward they're prosperous and that there's enough resources because being in congress and when i used to be a union rep and i sat at those tables to negotiate it was about moving resources it was about setting the tone for the terms and conditions and this is what we must do we must look at the best terms and conditions for a community for a district that our citizens can benefit from and that we must ensure that there's opportunities for everyone in my district we have insurmountable amount of homeless people we have insurmountable of, of poverty we have inner city communities that don't receive the resources from the top they get, they receive those resources that are left over those resources that nobody else wants and then they that's what we have uh, uh in certain communities and that's not benefiting everyone everyone under my my platform plan will benefit and i will ensure that they will benefit under my watch another thing uh, i want to talk about uh, my my full platform issue i'm fully committed to the unadulterated U.S. Constitution and the rules of law. What nation have a process, a constitutional process, or a process to enforce its laws allow individuals to break their laws? You know, and I just want to talk about one egregious <clears throat> break, breaking of our laws. Excuse me. One egregious breaking of our laws. <clears throat> I've got a frog in my throat. Sorry about that, Rick. We had on January the 6th, uh, where our Congress, uh, under the Constitution, should have came together and uh, tally up the, uh, the elect electoral ballots, where uh, those electoral ballots would, would, would have determined who our president would be, or who our vice president would have been. And that constitutional process on the three USC one through 15 or the electoral vote, uh, electoral count act or the 12th amendment was not followed, was not adhered to. Now that is an egregious violation of our constitutional form of government because it, regardless of what Congress felt that took place on January 6th, they had a constitutional duty to fulfill their role under the Constitution. The Constitution did not put any other you know, uh, process in or put any other manuscript in that dealt with what they said a so-called insurrection. That's not in the Constitution. The Constitution laid out, our constitutional framework laid out the process for, for, for Congress to come together in a joint house or uh, under a joint session and then go through those electors that came from the several states which uh, electors are appointed by state legislatures elect the electors are not appointed 
uh, uh, by a general election, which that's a complete violation of the rules of law. So in dealing with that, Congress was in, well, Congress violated their oath of office under 18 U.S.C. 1918. Oh, that, I believe that's the, where it came from. Uh, 18 U.S.C. 1918 was a complete egregious violation of our law. And if we're going to take an oath of office. We must adhere to our oath. We must ensure from the from the top of government to the lowest form of government that the rules of law are enforced. And Congress, according to the Constitution, Congress has the sole power to enforce our federal laws. And if these federal laws are not being adhered to, then that's a violation of their oath of office because you cannot change a constitutional process. You cannot change a constitutional form of government without an amendment to the United States Constitution. Any process that's not mentioned in that constitutional framework or that document, Congress cannot capriciously or uh, arbitrarily make a process that's not in that document. So that's what I mean when I'm saying I'm fully committed to the unadulterated U.S. Constitution and the rule of law. So that's what I want to do as a congressman. I want to take that oath. I want to take that oath seriously. I want to look at the, the amount of uh, oath of office violations, and I want to bring that to the floor. I want to call those type things out because we must remind Congress why they are there and who they're there to serve, and it's to protect and defend this nation, to protect the citizens, the legal citizens, the natural-born citizens, or those naturalized citizens that went through the legal processes of citizenship because Congress has the sole power of naturalization. And we are ensure that the legal processes are in place and that the legal processes are adhered to. Number five, restoring our election process so every legal vote counts. Now, you know, we, we are uh, under a system of cheating. We are under a system of nation stealing. We are under a system that doesn't adhere to our election laws. And then we are under a system that don't enforce this, that don't enforce our election law because the Secretary of State, our Secretary of State are responsible for the enforcement of our election laws. And then we have these local supervisors of elections who now some parts are calling themselves partisan officers, but they're not partisan, they're nonpartisan. They're state constitutional officers. Officers. They are identifying themselves with party and they're allowing these political parties with the Constitution. Now let's keep this in mind. The Constitution don't doesn't spell out party. The Constitution talks about citizen participation. Citizens have a right to uh, air their grievances. Citizens have a right to uh, uh, write uh, their congressmen about their concerns. That's under the First Amendment. Citizens have those rights in the in the first uh, the, the, I think the ten amendments, which called the Bill of Rights. We have a right to bring things to the attention of our our Congress. But when you have people at the lowest level of government allowing the process of cheating. They are altering our constitutional processes. They are altering our constitutional form of government. We are allowing local supervisors of election to engage in election thievery. They are changing our nation by allowing uh, non-citizens to be voting in fair election when uh, I think under 18 U.S.C. 611, if you are illegal, you cannot vote in federal elections. 
uh, unless your state constitution has been amended, amended so you can vote in local elections. But when it comes to the federal level, if you're not a citizen of this nation, you have no business voting in federal, congressional, or presidential elections. That is prohibited by, by law. It's also, it, it, it is also disencouraged by law. I think that's 8 U.S.C. 1324. That, that they discourage Americans from encouraging citizens that are, who are people who are not citizens of this nation to engage in our processes. Uh, that is wrong. We must ensure not only uh, every legal vote counts, but we must ensure that there's no illegal voting taking place in none of our elections because we want a nation that's free and prosperous. We don't want a nation that's changed by foreign influences. And anything that's not mentioned in our constitution is a foreign influence unless we amend our constitution to address uh, certain uh, problems that we are facing in this country then th that is unrecognizable by our constitution and if it's not in the constitution then it's left up to our states that's under amendment 10 and left up to the states to deal with but 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 if it's in that document which we do address elections in the U.S. Constitution and in some of our state constitutions we do address the, the election process so if it's addressed in the Constitution you cannot go outside that process unless we amend the Constitution whether it's federal Constitution or whether it's state Constitution so I want to ensure that we restore the election and uh, election process so only legal votes count so only legal vote counts and that's what I want to do when I become when I when I take that oath, and that's what I want to do when I when I become the uh, Congress a person of District Twenty Three. Those are my platforms. All right, all right, all right. That's Mr. Reuben Young, and and listeners, can't you see him? You know, debating, uh, not necessarily debating, but enforcing that Constitution. Uh, yeah, I, I like to say Reuben would be the best judge, the best backup judge. If somebody needs someone uh, to come in and work as a judge, because Ruben definitely knows the U.S. Constitution. So I want to I want to uh, move forward and, and, and break this down for the people. I mean, you said a lot of things and, and, and a lot of people are saying, wow, I never I never knew, you know, about some of the rules and regulations within the Constitution. And some may say, are you telling me that my local election officials are somehow uh, distorting the process, distorting the outcome of these elections. And I want to say, yes, they are, because uh, here in California, that has been something that has risen. The issue has risen here in California for, for, for the last couple of election cycles. And we have found here in California that the county clerk, the, the election uh, office, there's a, a clerk of, a, of elections that manages things coming from the post office. They know uh, what unit of the post office is bringing these ballots in. They know where these little drop-off boxes are because they, they sign agreements uh, for these uh, drop-off boxes. And so I think the American people are getting closer with these people like Ruben who want to make sure that our, that our elections are, are fair and accurate. I think we're getting someplace. So what I want to do now is, um, Mr. Rubin, I want to I want to break this thing down and make it make it very informal, so that the listeners can really 
really understand what's going on. And if you are a person listening to this uh, show today, you can call in at 515-602-9714. That's 515-602-9714. Okay, so uh, Ruben, obviously you have people that you're running against. You have um, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And she's been in Congress, I believe, since 2004. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from Florida, but I'm not from that district. But what I'm hearing is that she does very little to nothing uh, for the district. And, uh, you know, if you can, tell us what the people of South Florida uh, have experienced on a personal level. I mean, you talked about the platform, but talk on a personal level what's going on down there in sunny South Florida where people are getting uh, not what they paid for. I mean, you send somebody to office, you think they're going to represent the five platform items you, you mentioned, which are advocating for small businesses, supporting parents and children, keeping the community safe and prosperous and full of opportunity for everyone. Uh, you think the congressperson would, would always, you would think, Ruben, you would think the, the, the congressperson would always be fully committed to the Constitution and, you know, I know there's this thing called term limits uh, that's that's always been said. But I like to say this, Mr. Reuben Young, once these people get in Congress and they start getting that money and they start getting these connections where they get where they're getting more money and they see their wealth rise far beyond the 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 expectations and the projections of someone who's paid maybe $160,000, $170,000 a year, they leave Congress 10, 20, 30, 40 years later as multimillionaires, if not billionaires. So please break it down for us just on a very personal level. What are people dealing with there in South Florida? All right, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of insecurity going on right now. Uh, people are really not sure, uh, especially now that uh, Debbie and her party support these shutdowns of, of our businesses. They they support uh, forced masking of people here on a large scale, uh, imposing their will, control uh, on our military and some of our law enforcement personnel, our essential personnel, uh, our children, you know, infecting and closing, uh, closing opportunities for our children to uh, be free, to know what freedom is, uh, putting our children in a position where they are in bondage and getting them used to a form of communism. People really are unsure. You know, David Walker Schultz has been in that position for since 2004. You know, uh, you go back to 2004 and you go a bit, a bit, a bit further than that. And in 1992, 93, Florida passed a uh, term limit amendment that's never been challenged in our Florida Supreme Court, but it, it became an amendment to our Constitution. And that amendment clearly states or say, if you are in office, uh, whether you are a U.S. representative or a U.S. senator or a lieutenant governor or state house representative or state senator, under that amendment, you can only serve eight years. You can serve eight years, and after the eight year, you must sit out for two years and then come back and rerun. Now that amendment is still in our 
state constitution because I'm in Florida. That amendment still is our state constitution. That amendment is still the law of the land. But Debbie and her party have chosen not to adhere. So they have these long-term U.S. House of Representatives like uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Frederica Wilson still in seats after eight years when everyone else has to adhere to term limits. I know state house representatives have to adhere to term limits. Uh, they serve eight years, they have to sit out. Uh, I know individuals, personally know individuals who adhere to our uh, Florida uh, amendment, but the federal uh, U.S. representatives such as Debbie Wasserman show, and these are the things that people are looking at, that her ineffectiveness, her uh, to say one thing and she'll do uh, something else. She even helped uh, uh, so I came across a guy who she helped personally get uh, lose a lose a job or uh, lose a business. Something that took place many years ago that she was involved. And a lot of people said the only reason they deal with her because they don't have anybody else that they would that will represent their interests. And so they just uh, go uh, you know go along get along to go along. But other Debbie Wasserman shows they have constantly <clears throat> constantly violated, in my opinion, our terms of an amendment, and there's been no enforcement. And this is where we fail as a nation. When you enforce your laws, the world look at that because America is known as a country that respects and enforces the rule of law. And and recently, I think with the last 20 years, we've been looking like a laughingstock because under the, under the pause of the Democrats, you do what I say, not as I do policies. You do as I say, not as I do policy. Which Debbie is a part of that process. She's part of the party who don't respect the rule of law. That will uh, enforce the laws on Republicans, but won't enforce the law on Democrats. So when they violate the law, that's okay. And when we violate the law, Republicans violate the law, then the, the world comes in. So you, this is what people are saying. Why and how she remained in office. She doesn't address anything. She don't even talk about the local issues that take place uh, about uh, things about small businesses. She don't speak out against the forced masking of our children because the children are also citizens. They just have, uh, they are citizens of this of this country. They have rights. They have equal protection rights. They have due process rights. They have civil rights. They have human rights. They have all the rights because the Constitution does not spell or does not identify children in our Constitution. It says citizen. It uses the word citizen. And children are citizens, but you don't speak against local school boards making it making policies that are mandatory, uh, ignoring what parents are saying uh, in regard to their children, because they let you teach their children. You don't own their children. Their children are under your uh, your tutorship, but they're still the parent. When you tell, have local school boards, and this is what people are saying, because we had to just recently had Governor DeSantis to step in, because a lot of local school boards was was what's been fused it here to his executive order about forced mandate. So he had to specifically step in to a situation, especially within Broward County. He stepped in specifically to address the forced masking of our children, which I agree with him when he did that. And I support our parents and I will support our children, the unmasking of our children. So, you know, there's a lot of things in that's taking place on the 
Debbie Wasserman show. And I, and I keep harping on the rules of law because I think that's what Debbie is lacking. Uh, as a constitutional form, a constitutional representative, government started at the local lowest level and started with the U.S. representative. Before we had county commissions, before we had state offices, before we had municipal uh, uh, offices, you had the U.S. representative. You go back to the 1700s in the formation of the Constitution. It was the U.S. representative's job to hear the concerns at the lowest level and then bring those concerns back to our national government. So that means they had to be engaged. They had to know what was going on. People had, they had to be approachable. So people can come up to them and express their concerns so they can take that to the national uh, government, which is Congress, and and get and bring some type of relief. That's why the uh, First Amendment says that people have a right to uh, to assemble. That's why people have a right to bring to air their grievances. Those were the things. So you had access to your representative, but you don't have access now because you have all these different layers. County government, city government, state government. You have all these now new these layers of government to where individuals like Debbie Watson show feel that she don't have to have an active role of engagement, that she don't have to be involved with those local concerns in our community, whether it's uh, homelessness, whether it's through uh, all the development, whether it's through the stealing of the land, through gentrification in some of our lot of uh, our impoverished communities, whether it's a lack of educational opportunities for. Uh, some of our natural born uh, children. She doesn't feel that she has to address anything. All she has to do is just be there and be square, be there and just get paid. I mean, you can show up to the office and don't have to do one thing. You know, hard work is what makes this country great. When the, when the chips are down, Americans roll up our sleeves and we get in and become one America. We're not here being all these separate different nations within a nation. We're one nation. We, this is one nation under God. And you don't even hear the Democrats talk about God anymore. The only, oh, the only persons, the only group that you hear talk about God are the Republicans. Because the Republicans are, are the protectors of the Constitution. Uh, that they are the, uh, they, they are protectors in in God we trust because they protect the religious freedom because inside the Constitution, Congress cannot make those make any law that abridge the rights of religion. Can't even address that because our founding fathers knew that there was in order to be a, a, a self-governing nation that you 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 must have a respect for God. God must be in the process because a lot of Ben Franklin and a lot of those guys they were praying men. They were men of strong faith and strong belief, and you and you don't have them. This is why our country is falling by the wayside, and this is why now we're being, we're being looked upon by the world of the nations as a laughing stock or a joke, even on our present administration with Joe Biden and all the uh, shenanigans. I think I said that right. You know, going back and forth, uh, placating to these influences, placating to China. You know, giving China the most favored nation status under Bill Clinton in 1993 and open the floodgates for Congress to go into these other nations. And a lot of these nations was put on our terrorist list or, or, or on our sanction list for us not to be doing business with. And, and under that most favorable nation status, we opened the doorway for, for a lot of our congressional members to go and start doing business under the table with a lot of these different uh, nations that we had said that we wasn't not going to be doing business with, especially in the, in the 60s moving forward. So, you know, those are the things that David and her party have opened up the door to the Pandora, Pandora box. 
And it's going to take individuals like myself, L.A. Jones, Laverne Spicer, you know, and a lot of other uh, congressional representatives, you know, uh, that's out here trying to make a difference. And we're grassroots. Nobody owns us. Everybody owns Debbie Wasserman shows. And a lot of the other candidates that's running, some of the candidates I know for a fact, that they're being owned and they're not going to be their own person when they hit that floor. But grassroots people, common people rising up, saying that we've had enough. This is who this country should be supported. I'm out here working every day trying to get on this ballot by petition because I care enough about my country. Being a, someone who once served, not long term, but served, learning the different disciplines that you need in order to protect and defend a nation. So there's a lot of things that David is not doing, bringing spies into an office, allowing them to take important secrets from our country and sharing it with another country. To me, that should have been, been a no-no. That person is still working in the office today. So they don't care about the rule of law. They don't respect this country secrets to where they want to safeguard those secrets and protect those secrets. And this is where I find to be a problem. And there is, you need to respect the rule of law. We have a term limit amendment. You should have been termed out many, many years ago. This is it's the law of the land, the Supreme Court, neither the Supreme Court or the United States Supreme Court has deemed this amendment unconstitutional. So you must obey it and respect the rules of law. That's right. And I'm going to send this to her. <laughs> I'm going to send this to her, Mr. Rubin. Hey, man, you, you, you put out a, a lot of stuff and I was actually taking some notes. And I want to let uh, the listeners know what grassroots mean. I know you talked about it many, many times. But for the for the novice, for the person who's just looking, uh, listening to this, and they're like they're they're going to work, they're coming home, they're paying their bills, uh, they expect that uh, that the people that run the country should be working in their best interest. And what that means, I'll tell you a quick story. I have a brother-in-law in Los Angeles, and for for all these years, he was like, "Oh, Trump is bad. Trump is bad, and the Republicans are bad." Recently. I think it was like Memorial Day weekend or maybe uh, – yeah, Memorial Day weekend or maybe even Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving weekend. I was down there, and my brother-in-law, we were sitting back in, in his backyard in Long Beach, California, and he said, he said, Rick, Joe Biden is messing up the country. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, he's messing up everything. Now, for my brother-in-law – to make that statement after all the year, all all these years of bashing the Republicans and uh, and and, and uh, Trump for four years, that is a sign that the Democrats don't even like what's going on. The Democrats do not like the fact. And you mentioned small business owners. Small business owners here in California, and I would say probably to a lesser extent in Florida, you know, so, small business owners have they've lost. Like 25 percent, 33 percent of small business owners across the country. So what that means is a small business owner hire people. And if you can't hire people because you don't have a business, that creates automatic uh, unemployment, and it just causes problems. You also mentioned these ineffective uh, people who run for office. So uh, I, I happen to be in a state where, where Gavin Newsom is the governor. And I'm also near a city, San Francisco, where London Breed is the mayor. 
and these mask mandates, everybody knows that these things are a hoax. And I'm going to put out a conspiracy theory right here on my own show because it's my show. There's there's talk that this uh, this vaccine mandate and these these vaccine vaccinations are only the beginning. There was an article that I'll post along with this uh, show on the show link that the next thing that they want to do is put these chips in your arm. And it's and it's not it used to be a conspiracy theory years ago. But there's an article December 2021 of people getting chips in their arms. So to make a long story short, it looks like um, the overall plan is not to protect someone's health. It's to make people like a walking cell phone, which so you can be tracked and you can use your body to buy stuff and get your, your free, your, your $500 Amazon card or something. But um, I want to let people know, and people, if you want to call in, we still have time. The phone number is 515-602-9714. In, in terms of local reps, that you, you spoke about. We have a rep here in California. His name is Ami Berra, and he's, he's like a Debbie Wasserman Schultz, but he's here in, in my region. This guy, you never see him. He's never on TV. He's never talking about what he's representing. These guys, and he's, this guy's a doctor, by the way, or he calls himself a doctor. I think he passed the medical bar. But this guy, you never hear from him. Have, let me ask you a quick question, a real quick question, Ruben. When was the last time you saw Debbie Wasserman Schultz? Wow, that's, that's a good one. You know, the last time I saw her is when we had that building collapse, the Chamberlain building collapse, and I, and that, you know, that was a local issue in a sense on a national level. But every day she was on television, you know, I hadn't seen her in years. I had the guy how she looked. Okay. I mean, I had the guy. I had the guy. See, that's what I'm saying. I mean, so these. these I haven't seen her so long. Wow, that was a long time. These, that's, that's, these that's, Democrats, that's the last what they do, they go, to, they go to Washington, they do nothing, they get paid about $160,000, $175,000 a year for doing nothing. Okay? And, and so you mentioned, see, what, what, the, what the trend is now. I mean, you're seeing it there locally. The people, like in your area, Broward, uh, North Miami Dade, you know Miami Beach. What they're saying is that look, uh, we can't get people like Debbie Wasserman Schultz to show up at these school board meetings, at these city council meetings. We have people, the citizens there of Miami Dade and Broward, going out to fight these battles by themselves because they can't get their local rep to do anything. The local step state rep. They can't get their congressperson to even look at it. Debbie Wasserman Schultz is not even looking at some of the things. So a lot of people, and you and I have had this conversation before, it's people like you where your local people can say, okay, we got Ruben Young who's running for, for office. Let's see if he can help us. Let's see if he can at least be a voice and, and stand beside us. Because these, these, these local reps and these people like Debbie Wasserman Schultz and uh, Frederica Wilson – they're no-shows. They're not doing jack. I mean, there's another word I can attach to jack, but I won't. Uh, maybe I will later on. But <laughs> uh, I want to let people know something. Uh, this is something that, that um, in 1991, I wrote this paper in college when I was completing the economics degree. And the paper was titled, What If Communism Ever Hit America? 
So it was a paper where there, you know, it was an essay, and everyone had to write this paper. And I got an A on the paper, and I got an A in the, in the economics program. But in this paper, I wrote some things about what if America ever transitioned to a communist country. Now I laughed at everything I, I put in the essay because I said to myself, "Oh, this would never happen in the United States. It would never happen." So. About ten years ago, I was about maybe like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I was calling this radio station, Ruben, and I told the radio station guy. And this is when Barack Obama came in the office about ten, twelve years ago. I said, "I'm starting to smell something that feels that sounds like communism." So to let listeners know, in two thousand nine, when Barack Obama became the president, he launched this program. Uh, from the book called Rules for Radicals. That's Rules for Radicals. It's written by a guy named Saul D. Alinsky.、Uh, and it's surprising that maybe 50% of the candidates they don't even know who Saul Alinsky is. But I'm going to tell people right now what his book is about and how Barack Obama unleashed this 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 content that's from this book that caused the American people to feel. Uh, like uh, that, that they hate that they hate each other and that there's problems. So I'm gonna go through eight quickly. I'm gonna go through eight of the control points for rules for radicals, and I'm gonna tie each one of those points quickly into、uh, why we have problems today. The first、uh, control point for rules for radicals, and rules for radicals, by the way, is how to destroy America. Okay, and this was the book that Barack Obama used to unleash. Pain, misery, and destruction on America. So the first one is healthcare. Control healthcare, and you control the people. The second one is increase the poverty level as high as possible. Poor people are easier to control, and they will not fight back if you are providing everything for them to live. Now I can I can also put in there people of color. Black people, Latino people, people who live in underserved neighborhoods will fall for this. Number three, debt. Increase the debt to an unsustainable level. Okay, that's called inflation, and we see that now.、Uh, build Back Better is a is a function, a, a gain of function,、uh, a tactic to、uh, increase the debt so that it, it's it's unsustainable. That way, you're able to increase taxes. Uh, produce more poverty and have that uncontrollable inflation. The fourth one is gun control. Remove the ability to defend of people to defend themselves from the government. This way, you can create a police state. That's why these Democrats are always trying to、uh, destroy or、uh, abolish the Second Amendment. Number five is welfare. Take control of every aspect of their lives. Take control of how they get their their food. Their housing, and you can, and you know definitely about the housing part there in Miami-Dade. And then the final one is income. Number six,、uh, take control of what people read and listen to. That's the critical race theory. That's、uh, talking about wh- how little boys should、uh, consider themselves to be little girls, and vice versa.、Uh, transgenderism, all that kind of stuff. Number seven, remove the belief. Of God from from the government and the schools, and that's been something they've been doing for the last twenty five, twenty, thirty years. When you used to、uh, pledge of allegiance, when I went to school, I used to do the pledge of allegiance every morning in class in my first period of class.
And number eight, divide the people into the wealthy and the poor. This will cause more disconnect and will be easier to tax the wealthy with the support of the poor. And then the newest one for class warfare is the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. You see, so Barack Obama unleashed this book and Hillary Clinton it was using it too. But a Barack Obama, he used this book to manipulate the American people. And so what that means is that all of a sudden you start thinking you should hate the guy that looks different differently from you. You, you begin to hate uh, things in your country, and there's the government standing by the side. Oh, we can fix that. And yes, you're right because you have the right to hate something. I mean the climate change thing is another uh, class warfare item. So, so Ruben… We got 12 minutes to go, and uh, I just want to I just want to have you talk about how people not not to, not in closing, but how people can can contact you uh, through your website, Ruben Young for Congress .net, and also how people can support you because you know to do this type of work, people think well to run for office, uh, you know don't call me, I'll call you. <laughs> uh, people also believe that you are responsible for winning and not them. In other words, they say, well, Ruben should work as hard as he can to win, and I'll just sit back on the sidelines and watch him work, and damn it, he better win. But it's not like that. Now, more than any other time before, it's really the voters who have to make the decision. It's the voters, and see, and let me, let me just say this before you jump back in and close. Uh, 20 years ago, if the Democrats won and the Republicans lost, you know the Republicans were mad for like two months, and then they went on with their lives. They had you know nice vacations and sent their kids to school and had you know steak in the back with the pool parties, and so everything was fine. Now, if the Republicans won and the Democrats lost, the Democrats were mad. But two months later. Everybody's lives were still the same. People went to work. They had their businesses. Uh, life was normal. Now, for the first time, I believe in American political history, uh, this is the time where it matters the most because we're not talking about Democrats and Republicans anymore. We're talking about freedom versus non-freedom. We're talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness versus more socialism and the push toward communism. So I'm just saying that voters, Rubin is just a, he's just the, the, uh, the, the conduit to your freedom. It's the voters that have to step up to the plate and, and even pick one. Do you want life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness through Rubin? Or do you want pain, misery, destruction, socialism, and tiptoeing into communism under Debbie Wasserman Schultz? And by the way, I'm going to give you a lot of stuff to talk about. Talk about your, your competition uh, in the primary. So I said a lot, but I'm going to let you uh, – we got, we got about 10 minutes. Go ahead and, and, and unpack all that any way you want, and you can close us out. Okay, again, my name is Ruben Young. I'm a Republican running for Congress uh, in uh, 2022, Florida Congressional District 23. I'm taking on Debbie Wasserman show. You know, I'm not new to politics. I, I, I got involved back in 1989 
I ran uh, for a county clerk, clerk of the courts. I'm the first African American to run for that seat in 1990. Uh, I filed my first election theory uh, complaint back in 1990 with uh, Florida Attorney General Bob Butterworth. I've been involved uh, with organizations, one special one that I founded called Blacks Organized Leadership Development Bowl, where we became a voice of the uh, forgotten, the voice of the downtrodden, and just a voice of that in our community. I work with the state of Florida. I worked as a legislative assistant, a district legislative assistant. I managed a district. Uh, and I work with our guiding life, life programs. I work with our unions. I learned all of the things that I need to learn in order to fight. I'm a, I'm a team player, served in the military, and uh, and uh, walked away from the Democratic Party foully, and now I am free because I believe in freedom. But you know, I have an opponent uh, named Carla Spaulding. Uh, she's a professional candidate, and she's been running for this seat since 2015. She started off as a Democrat. That didn't work for her. She went into being, uh, became an independent. That didn't work for her. When she, what she found works for her is running under the banner of President Donald Trump to make America great again. So she, now she's running as a Republican. Uh, you never see us take a stand for anything. You never see us speak out on anything. You know, and you never see her do the things necessary in order to make move this country forward. But yet, she's in a race where she raised a lot of money uh, from various sources. You don't see her even campaign. You don't see her shake hands. You don't see her engage or kiss the babies. But she can raise a whole heck of a lot of money so she can employ those that members in our party to do the work for her. So, you know, I'm in it to win it. I, I've heard her tell people, people have said to me that she tells them not to vote for me because she's prettier than me. Well, you know what, I'm gonna tell you something. Campaigns are not beauty contests. Hell, if they were, I know I lose because I don't look good in lifting. Uh, a lot of people say to me that I look like a frog with a head on my head. And you know, I know that to be true. So I know normally say to my naysayers, rivet, rivet, because I'm not in it to be cute. I'm in this to win, win big for America, win big for this nation. And so, you know, those are the sort of things that we must consider. Uh, I'm running a petition because I don't want to be owned by anybody. I'm out there campaigning on a petition. Uh, the state says that I need 2568 in order to get my name on the ballot so I can go to that floor and represent the people. It's for the people, all the people, by the people. So I can go to that Florida house and I can speak up for what the people want me to speak about. And so I'm asking people on a day-to-day -day basis to help me get on the ballot by signing my petition. I'm right now I'm at 1622. I have about, I, got, I, I collected another 29 yesterday. I have 36 that I melt out already. So we're getting closer to our goal. My thing is to take on the controls of the Democratic Party, because as you said, Rick, uh, dealing with the rules of, of radicals, uh, that's what they're doing. And if we don't wake up and start dividing this nation by party, by saying because you're a Democrat or you're a Republican, I can't give you support. But what about us being Americans? What we have allowed is for the foreign influences to keep us divided by party. They're laughing at us because they no longer have to address citizenship 
versus non-citizenship. This should be about citizenship versus non-citizenship. And when you have a lot of foreign influences infiltrating our government in office and not, and they are non-citizens and they are making decisions for us, you can see why the America is going in a totally different direction because we have a lot of non-citizens in our uh, 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 in our elected position, and these positions are known to be restricted positions under the Immigration Act. There are certain positions that non-citizens cannot hold in this country. They cannot hold certain positions that are set aside for Americans. And this is not a, a hate talk. This is the law talking. This is not my word. It's what has already been placed in the law. And I must, as America first candidate, as a candidate to believe in the rule of law, I must follow the law. So I'm not saying this is, these are not my words. These words was written out way before I decided to run for Congress. And as I say, I ran for county clerk. I ran so I could be a person that keep the records for our courts. Uh, I ran in 1990. I came back again in 2016. And I came back again in 2020. And 2020 gave me the results that I've been looking for. I got close to 300,000 votes. I was redeemed because I knew that all the years that they were stealing these races, I found numerous election complaints from 1990 and all the way on to, to 2020. Matter of fact, I'm still filing complaints. I am not talking the talk. I'm walking the walk. And this is why I say that I'll be a good uh, candidate. I will do a, a much better job than my uh, primary opponents, uh, especially one that's been running and never put the money in the race. She just raised a lot of money. So after the election is over with, she can have a good life. Well, you know, I don't have a good life. I wasn't born with a civil spoon in my mouth. I'm out here doing every day I'm doing. I'm hooking and crooking, trying to make ends meet, trying to make the two ends meet. I feel the same problems and the same, I go through the same pains and the same problems as everyone else because I'm not immune to heartache. I'm not immune to hardship. I've lived a homeless life before, but I pulled myself out of that state of homelessness because it's embedded in me to continue to move forward. There's nothing that will stop me because I have a strong belief in God. Let me tell you what frog. I tell people I'm a frog. But let me tell you what frog means. It's fully relying on God. Every day I, I fully rely on God. I fully rely Amen. on God to help me each and every day. I pray each and every day, not just for myself, but for others. And I pray for this nation. I pray for President Donald Trump, who is still the legal and lawful president of these United States, and that Biden and the Democrat Party broke the law on January the 6th. They violated the law, and they should have been held to the highest level of treason. That's where they should have been held. That was treason. We're creating another process, calling it an insurrection. They, they committed treason because the Constitution does not address Insurrection. Insurrection in, in, in that process is not even mentioned. And Congress had no business dissuading a process. Because Nancy Pelosi said the day before the process that, on the, that at the end of the day, Biden will be president. She don't care what Congress did, did that on that day. She said at the end of the day, Biden will be president. And she meant that. And that happened on her leadership, on the Mitch McConnell leadership, on the Chuck Schumer leadership. They said at the end of the day. So this is why I think that we allow the violation of one law invalidates all laws. We're not going to obey our law. Then let all the people in prison out. 
Let them go free. A lot yeah. of enemies are people in prison. Let open the jail cells and let them walk free. If we're not going to obey and respect our laws, then open the jail cells and let everybody go. All right, hey, so Ruben. Hey, I want to I, w- I want to let people know your website is RubenYoungForCongress.net. Ruben needs petition signed. Go to his website, print out a petition, fill it out, and mail it to his address on his website. Ruben needs donations, and Ruben will be a returning guest on the Real People USA uh, show. I want everybody to take care. Merry Christmas, and thanks, Ruben. Merry Christmas, Brick. All right.